I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internals, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, a woman's work facilitator, mentor, and coach, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and to truly claim their birth as a rite of passage. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then please visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com or connect with me on Instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife. Now, if you love this podcast, then please consider taking a moment and leave a review as this is how you can help us reach more women around the world with these natural and empowering birth stories. The Natural Birth Podcast also has a Patreon page, so if you'd like to shout me a cup of coffee to show me your appreciation for the podcast, then you can do that there. Thank you for all your support and love. It's deeply appreciated. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Nico. Nico is a mama of two from New Zealand, and she's an artist and makes mini huts. In today's episode, she shares about her first home birth and how it was a total shock becoming a mother and how it changed her entire life. We dive on in to the fact that as your first one is born, the old you, the maiden, dies and all about what that entails. For her second, she consciously conceived and prepared even further than the first time around, fully accepting the change that would happen with the introduction of a new being in their family. And she ended up having a beautiful undisturbed water birth at her home with her five-year-old daughter, partner and sister present. Curious about Nico? Find her on Instagram as Kemi Nico. Hi Nico and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? Hi Anna, I'm really good, thank you. It's beautiful to have you on our podcast. Um, I love having women from New Zealand come on um, because I am so in awe of what you just mentioned before we started recording, you know, your maternity system, how you have publicly funded home births 
all around New Zealand. I know that colleagues of mine who have studied to become a midwife can instantly go out in home birthing practice and be well supported at home birth midwives. It's such a leading edge country in that sense and quite known for us midwives around the world as like the holy grail of where to work. So I haven't had the pleasure of birthing in New Zealand, but I do know a lot of home birthing um, mamas and activists and um, that the movement over there is just so robust and so, so amazing. So I always love listening to birth stories from New Zealand. Um, so I can't wait to hear yours. Yeah, yeah, we're very, very lucky here. Yeah, you really are. So with no further ado, let's dive on into your birth stories. Do you want to share with us, um, you know, falling pregnant and deciding to have a home birth? Was that, was that always your choice or did you learn about that throughout your pregnancy? Or uh, is that just something that's commonly known in New Zealand that everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's an option. And like, I might do that. Or like, did you know? Um, yeah, well, with my first birth, I definitely knew that home birth was a thing but in Wellington where I lived there were no birthing centers so it was either hospital or home birth um and obviously as a first time I like fell pregnant by accident the first time with my husband after a year of being married I think um and so it was all a bit new to us um but I did we did a really amazing calm birth course and I'd gone into that thinking oh you know do a home a hospital birth um, but use these natural, you know, um, techniques. Uh, but then through the course, I realized that I can actually have a home birth. Um, I felt totally empowered by that. And I had a great midwife. Um, yeah, so I had a, a pretty incredible home birth for my first daughter. Um, but then we waited five years before falling pregnant again with my second daughter. Um, and that was a really big thing for me I sort of kept expecting that we would just fall pregnant by accident again but then I think yeah when my daughter was around um three and a half we went on holiday and I remember just sitting um watching the waves on the west coast of New Zealand which is just like these powerful waves and having this realization that this you know if a new baby was going to come through that I would have to intentionally decide um, and that this wasn't meant to be a traumatic experience, you know, like an accidental experience. It was meant to be an empowering one. Um, and so, yeah, and I'm, but I do remember also realizing that it was going to be me sacrificing myself, you know, like it was my, I had to make the decision that it was going to be that I would sacrifice for this new um, person to come through. So that was a big turning point for me and for my husband as well in realizing, okay, we actually need to try for a baby this time. Mm -hmm. um, and it only took us three months, but even those three months are always, um, you know, like I'm in total awe of people who try for longer than that because it's so yeah. nerve-wracking. Oh, my goodness. It really is. Coming up. It? Oh, absolutely. So just curiosity here. So, did you experience your first birth as traumatic or because you said you didn't like that and you said now like that you had to sacrifice yourself what do you mean with that yeah well I think for me the traumatic part of my first birth was um having a baby like yeah. <laughs> the birth was beautiful mm. until until the baby came out it was very long 
Um, and I had my mother there, which I still feel like it didn't help <laughs> in terms of that mother-daughter relationship mm. dynamic. Um, and, yeah, so I was completely knackered by the time the baby came out. I had coach pushing and then I had um, the, you know, activate what, the third stage where they give you the injection because yeah. I bled a bit and they had to pull the placenta out and then, so, and then they had to stitch me up. And then suddenly I had a baby and I was like, oh my God, what do I do with a baby? <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that part of it. Right. Um, so that was the I traumatic was so part. Yeah. And I really hear yeah. you there because this is a story that I hear a lot with first time mamas, especially because we don't really, it is such a massive transformation. Isn't it? it is a rite of passage becoming a new mother and there obviously are ways that you can prepare for it, but most of the time, especially first time around, you prepare for the birth, right? You do the calm birthing course, like you focus on the birth. And of course you do, because that's like, you know, gigantic. But really the big journey starts after birth, right? That's like the big transformation <laughs> yeah. and like the death of the maiden and the birth of the mother. And there's grieving process. And there is, like you say, in one way, you do sacrifice the old self because she really does die with that baby doesn't she and was that your yeah. experience is that what you're meaning when you say that that was what you thought yeah I definitely had this perception that you know nothing was going to change and the baby <laughs> would just fit in with our lives and you know it wasn't like that at all um and but also the breastfeeding was a massive thing I don't seem to take to breastfeeding very well right. um both my daughters had tongue ties and um yeah, and I think I think the main thing that, like, looking back, you know, as well as preparing for the second birth, um, obviously I did a lot of um, introspection. Um, I realised that I'd just given up power. I'd always, I've always been such a powerful, you know, like self-driven person, and um, sort of that no room for failure kind of attitude in anything that I do. But then, for some reason, when I was having a baby and going through the breastfeeding and all that, I completely just gave up my power to all of these people telling me this is how you do it yeah which was just not yeah it was not usual for me and um yeah I guess it just took it took a big toll mentally oh I love that you share this though because I think so many mamas can recognize this the first time around especially you know it's and even just like you said even people who are very independent very self-sufficient very strong powerhouse women because it is like, it's a, such a vulnerable thing. And when we you kind know, of have grown up in a society where we're just not really exposed to that early stage of motherhood as much as we should. Yeah. And, we, and we were back in the day, you know, we would see our sisters and our mother's mother and become parents and understand that in a much deeper way that we just were so disconnected to it, aren't we? It becomes a shock to the system for most, I would say, in our modern society. Yeah, definitely a big shock. <laughs> so I love that. So you did a lot of kind of introspection and work before you felt pregnant again. And you did some conscious conception, obviously, with that kind of intentional conceiving then. So take us back to that. You're, you know, your other baby's three and a half and you're starting to go like, okay, I need to actually intentionally call this baby in. So tell us about that journey, please. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, like I said, we just, we tried for three months. Um, and I knew instantly that I was pregnant and which is the same with my first daughter. <laughs> my first daughter, actually, I knew that I was pregnant the day that my grandmother passed away. Um, yeah. Which was a beautiful kind of um, 
you know, one chapter closes, one opens, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I knew right away that I was pregnant and I felt really great about it. I had an amazing pregnancy. Like it was and yeah, at this start, so before I fell pregnant, I guess I did a lot of research and I remember talking to um one of my sister's friends and she had just fallen pregnant and she was very sort of the type that trusts the medical system and the science and all that. And I am more of an esoteric kind of person, I guess. Um, and I remember just thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was like actual research backing up how, you know, natural birth is so much better and, you know, undisturbed birth. And then I found um, Sarah's book. I can't remember her last name right now. The Gentle Mother, Gentle Birth, Gentle Mother. Yeah, Sarah Buck. And that was amazing. I was like, this mm. is written by a doctor. This is her, says all the information. Um, and my friend would just was studying to be a midwife, so I talked heaps to her. And I sort of at the start of my pregnancy, I was um very confident. And I was like, I don't even think I need a midwife. Like I think I'm just fine. I know that I can birth. You know, I had an un, an un, um, you know, a natural birth the first time. Um, but I knew that, you know, we have this free system in New Zealand, I probably should get a midwife just as a backup. And so <laughs> um yeah, so but then I just happened to find this amazing midwife who totally aligned with all of my feelings, you know, like woman led, um, and trusting my intuition and um, you know, not having any interventions. So mm. I knew that I didn't want to have any scans this time. Um because yeah, during my first pregnancy we had, you know, the routine. Um, ultrasounds and I remember just feeling like the baby was very agitated after the scan and they made me do like a growth scan the I think I was because I was 10 days overdue you know on the seventh day or whatever they made me do a growth scan and it was just really stressful and I was like I didn't get any good information out of it so I knew that I didn't want to do that again and yeah, so I didn't have really any tests in my pregnancy apart from um, bloods because my I'm quite sort of um, have low iron kind of naturally, and especially when I'm pregnant. Mm. So that was the main focus of our, of our you know care journey was making sure I had enough iron on board and finding different um, more natural um, supplements and diet and. Um, we live on a 10 acre property, so I was harvesting my own nettle and um, raspberry leaf from the property and drying it and drinking bone broth, you know, making that every week I would make a bone broth um, and having probiotics, sauerkraut and kimchi and uh, water kefir. Um, yeah, which is, yeah, an extension of my sort of everyday lifestyle but I really you know dedicated mm. my time my pregnancy to being as healthy as I could be beautiful that's so helpful isn't it I'm really curious I just want to before we're going to go further into the birth like you said you knew you were pregnant straight away what do you mean with that what kind of signs or what made you feel did you just have a knowing or did you have some kind of that physical symptom or something what made you know that you were pregnant I, I think it was just a knowing mm. it was because it was I feel like I knew it before I'd even ovulated. (laughs) I think we, yeah, conceived like right at the start of um, the cycle. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. Yeah. 
Okay. So you were well nourished with all the beautiful herbs and everything you're taking, except that your iron was a bit on the lower side, just naturally for you. What, uh, what was your early signs of labor approaching with your, your birth of your baby? Um, so I really expected baby to come early for some reason. I had this in my, I, maybe because I knew that I was pregnant like before, like at the start of my cycle, I sort of thought, well, then maybe that means she'll come a week early. Or, and I didn't know it was a girl, obviously, because we had no scans. Um, and so the sort of week leading up to my due date and then the week, uh, I think, no, I'm trying to remember what day she was born. I think it was uh, 40 plus three or two even. Um, so not overdue really at all, but my mind was going racing with <laughs> anticipation um and I had been doing the um the indie birth course 13 moons leading up to it and in that they say you know like really turn the last trimester turn off your rational brain at all you know like just don't even ingest any more information just get really in tune with your intuition um and so I'd been practicing that and so every day leading up to the going into labor I was going through these cycles of like getting uh one day I'd be like really emotional and they're like god I just want the baby to come and crying and then the next day I'm like okay it's fine I'm just gonna relax you know <laughs> don't rush it just go with the flow and then so on the day that my water's broken the evening and that day I remember being really frustrated and I was just I talked to the baby and I said right this is it you need to come today I'm sick of waiting I'm sick of the emotional upheaval everything is ready please come today you need to come today um that was like I was putting my foot down and then and then so that night I, you know, I forgot about it you know and then my sister was visiting because she um you know was kind of my doula I guess she helped um with everything she was amazing um yeah and so she we you know it was going about our day and had dinner together and stuff and then um in the evening I was lying in bed with my husband we we're watching the comedy show on Netflix and my waters broke and it totally out of the blue and I was like so shocked and like adrenaline suddenly pulsing through me and I just remember <laughs> standing in front of the fire dripping just going oh my gosh baby's coming oh my gosh <laughs> like calm down calm down kind of like yeah it was just very funny that for me going from like being very sure that I want to go into labor now and then suddenly you know with that sign being like oh okay shit <laughs> it's happening um and just laughing and kind of cry I must have had a cry as well and yeah that was really beautiful and then I knew obviously I had to conserve my energy and it could still be days um not to get too excited and checking the waters you know it was all clear so I cleaned myself up and um put a pad on and went tried to go back to sleep um feeling yeah full of love and excitement <laughs> um yeah and then so that night I must have slept a few hours and I think it was about 1 30 in the morning I decided that I needed to get up and I must yeah I was having like contractions um but they weren't super strong but I was you know just was I guess still excited and wanted to get up and I huddled by the heater and um 
for about a couple of hours, I think. I was just sort of relaxing in my own zone. Everyone was asleep and it was really beautiful. I started sort of timing the contractions. And I think they were they were five minutes apart, but they weren't super intense. Um, and so I knew that it would still be a while. So I think at around 2.30 or 3, I went back to sleep, back to bed, mostly to get warm because it was the middle of winter. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the, the day started and oh, my daughter was going, my other daughter was five, so she was going to school, but I um, told her to stay home. Um, and yeah, I think we got up early. I think it was around 7.30 that I really started noticing the contractions were way more intense. Um, and so I was out of bed and I just stayed in my room though. I really had this nice cozy space set up that I've been cultivating over the past few weeks. Um, and the, the contractions were very intense. And for my first birth, I remember the contractions weren't that bad. And I was like, oh, these aren't too bad. And, you know, like it was the pushing that was hard in my first birth. Um, but this time the contractions were very intense. And I sort of instinctively knew that that probably meant that uh, baby was slightly posterior, I think, is mm. it? That, yeah, she's pushing on my back more. Mm. Did you feel more in your back as well? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that would um, be it. And it was a very intense, intense pressure. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so the contractions were taking all of my concentration just for that reason, sort of alone almost. Um, and so I did some spinning babies, you know, like I got up on the chair and inverted so that um, baby could have some space to turn around. And then I was just on the ground kneeling onto the bed. My bed is like quite low. So I was trying to, you know, put my hips up and, um, yeah, there's some great photos of me like almost melting into the bed. You can't even really see that I'm there. <laughs> my daughter's sort of coming in and rubbing my back and, um, I think they put a hottie, you know, on my lower back, a hot water bottle, and that really helped. And my sister was amazing. She was, you know, looking after the kids. She also had her son here who was almost two at the time. Um, and she was bringing me food. And, you know, like I didn't know, I didn't feel like eating, but I knew that I should. And so she was bringing me food and I would just shovel it down, like scrambled eggs and I think some broth and, you know, trying to stay hydrated. Yeah. Um, and it was a beautiful sunny winter day and then I think it was around 11 a.m um, I rang the midwife I must have rang the midwife and said you know come out and so she came out she was like 20 minutes drive away we live quite rural here um, yeah so she came out and she checked I wanted her to check baby's position so she you know had her hands on my belly and um, she told me that um, the position was fine and great and head was down and everything was fine. I think there was a little bit of um, like she was trying to reassure me. I think that she afterwards she sort of told me that she did know that the baby was a little bit, um, yeah, sort of on the side a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that she said that after she checked me and she went out of the room and then she came back and I was lying in bed on my side just resting. And she said that was what I was going to tell you to do anyway, so that I knew that you were fine and that it was 
yeah, she thought it would be another few hours away. So she decided to leave. Um, mm. And that was fine because I knew my, you know, in my kind of like visualization of the birth, I didn't see the midwife really being there until after the baby mm. came out. <clears throat> I think, yeah, there was something in me that wanted to <laughs> um, do it completely unassisted. Does feminine spirituality, natural fertility awareness, conscious conception, natural birth and conscious parenting appeal to you? Would you like to be a part of a like-minded community of women who want deeper and more meaningful conversations and relationships in their day-to-day -day lives? Then the maiden mother and MAGA village might be for you. In our village, you will find women exploring healthy and natural and conscious ways of living, relating and being in the world. Women practicing their magic, celebrating and honoring their cycles and blood rites, practicing fertility awareness and exploring conscious conception. Mothers preparing for and journeying through her rite of passage into motherhood, navigating pregnancy, sharing birth stories, and the early days of her postpartum transformation. Mothers of all ages carrying wisdom and knowledge, sharing and receiving support and encouragement through the intense and the beautiful times of mothering babies, toddlers and young children. And the Magas, the magical ones. She who has claimed her power and become her magic, trickling down her great wisdom to the younger women in the space. When you join the Maiden Mother and Maga Village, you get access to an uncensored and safe online sisterhood community. You get access to monthly live village sharing circles with women from all over the world and live Mama's Q&A with me. You also get access to monthly video lessons and themes to deepen into feminine embodiment, spirituality and sovereignty. You can join our village today and try it out with no risk. Cancel your membership at any time, no strings attached. Find the link in the show notes and I hope to see you inside our sisterhood village soon. So she went away and then I think it was... Oh, she's, you know, and she obviously said, you know, let me know, bring me when you feel like you need to push. Um, and so I was lying in bed when she left trying to get some rest. And then it was just getting really, really intense. And I just had to get out. And my husband in the meantime was, you know, filling up the pool. We have quite a iffy kind of water situation out here where we live. <laughs> so I think he'd like be using the caliphate to heat it up and then that had broken or he had to change taps. So there was some drama happening with that. And I remember just getting out of bed being sort of quite furiously being like, okay, I need to get in the pool. It's really intense. I'm going to get in the pool. And so I went into the pool and it was only like probably up to my knees. Like it was not very deep. Um, and But I just had to get in. So I lay, you know, just like on my back in the water trying to like get warm, trying to get covered as much as possible. Um yeah and then yeah and then he was so he was filling out the pool and my sister got, had got back from a walk 
um, with the kids and um, she was sort of like, oh, you're going to be all right. I was like, yeah, I was groaning quite a lot of the contractions, obviously, because they were so intense. It was I had to really voice them. Um, and so all of this was sort of going on around me. And I just remember suddenly re- like realizing that the baby was almost crowning. Mm. There was this one contraction where she sort of, I don't know if she came down a little bit or came through and then went, and I was sort of like, oh shit, like go back. I was kind of like, oh, not ready. Like, <laughs> like, but also kind of like, okay, like it's happening. It's not going to be ours, you know? And, you know, I just wanted these contractions to be over. Like that was so intense. Um, and so I was like, as soon as that happened, I kind of just realized and it was all just internal, obviously. And then, um, yeah, so I realized, okay, next contraction. And then that, that, that contraction, I just went super quiet and, out came her head wow in one go yeah yeah and it was because I listened to one a a birth story and she'd said um you know when you get the urge to push just resist it resist it resist it and so I'd had that in mind of just being like resist resist this (laughs) resistance trying to urge the push but yeah it was just that obviously that reflex I just couldn't resist it all and yeah, I don't know if I believe, yeah, I don't know if I believe you can resist. Like when you have that expulsion, <laughs> when you have that bearing down, that's one of the things that just really rubs me the wrong way when midwives go like, oh, you have an interior lip, like don't push or you're not quite open. Like, you know, it's like if your yeah. body tells you that, then you go with it like that. And it takes over. You can't resist it. Like it's just, it just makes you anxious <laughs> and like makes it really hard. But that's amazing. So you just kind of felt her go in and out one time, kind of like in the canal, and then she just came with her head in a second. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was suddenly just there with her head sticking out, and I called out, you know, the head's out. Did you have have any water? Like, was the water at least Yeah, so the water was open. I was definitely very um, aware that I had to keep her underwater. You know, like I knew that that was – a definite requirement um and so I just yelled out the heads out and my husband was like what you want more water like he just <laughs> totally dismissed her I was like the head is out <laughs> and my sister's like oh shit. and they must have oh I think they just rang the midwife because obviously yeah that's sort of my sister's like oh god is the midwife coming and he's like yeah she's on her way and and I was just like yeah I just knew the baby had to be underwater stay underwater and I for my um yeah, I think in the first birth, we'd, her head had come out and then the next contraction, you know, the body had come out. And so I was prepared for that. So I was just waiting and breathing and waiting for that next contraction. And then that contraction came and went and baby didn't move. And so I sort of realized, okay, something's happening. I need to maybe, I do need to push this time, you know. <laughs> um, and so I think I felt down... And I can't remember if it was two contractions where she didn't come out or if she came out on that second one. I think it might have been two because I remember sort of feeling down and I had seen those amazing videos of women birthing while squatting and, the, you know, the head comes out and then the, the body turns. Um, so I sort of, I think I must have just adjusted her a tiny bit. And then, yeah, and then really pushed. And that's right, my husband had gotten into the pool at this stage and 
um, it was just, you know, a soft birthing pool. And so I'd like pinned my feet against his feet to try and get traction. And um, I had that uh, mantra, the, what is it, the knees and calves out to try and make more space. Yeah. Um, and so I was still, you know, in an ideal world, I'd envisioned myself like on all fours or, you know, but because the water was not high enough, I couldn't do that. So I just did the knees in, calves out, pushed my feet against my husband and pushed down and, yeah, and she came out. Um, and, yeah, then my husband helped sort of to reach her and I was like, keeps telling him, like, don't let her go above the water, you know, like, got to make sure she's in the right position and then lifted her out onto my chest. Um, yeah, and I've got an amazing, you know, video of that moment, which I'm so grateful for because, yeah, it's just incredible. Like, <laughs> it's incredible how fast and just she just wanted to be here. She was not going to wait around. <laughs> wow. And so you brought her up to and, your chest or? Yeah. So I brought her up to my chest and she cried and, um, yeah, she had a bit of, like, a bit of liquid, I think. Looking back in the video, I was like, oh, God, that was probably, but at the time it was, everything was normal and she was crying. And then literally that minute my midwife walked in the door. Yeah. Um, which was just perfect because that's the time I knew that I needed her. <laughs> Beautiful. You know what, though? I mean, because it's great for people to know that when things happen that quickly, when the baby is not sitting in the canal, which, you know, for your first birth, you said took a really long time, but with the, you know, that can happen, especially with the second. And if you have third or fifth or whatever, right. That sometimes they come really fast because you're already open. You've opened the channel. There's not as much kind of, they don't need to work as hard as the first baby to open you. Right. Sometimes because it goes so quick, they don't get that squeeze. And that's why sometimes they have that extra fluid, just they're a bit grunty or they have to have, you know, so sometimes those baby need to, they get a bit of mucus up throughout the next few days. So they're a little bit, you know, just a little bit fluid filled and it's fine, you know, um, yeah. but it can be a bit unsettling um, when your baby's like really grunty. Um, but that's a good thing to know. Like if it goes really quick for you, anyone's listening, you know, um, so yeah, just know that that can be a side effect of that quick emergence. She just didn't get squeezed at all. She just came out. Was her head at all um, squished? Was she a perfect round head? Do you remember? Um, I think it was pretty, pretty round. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because she, yeah, she wouldn't have been sitting in the birth canal for long. Yeah. Yeah, and and you're right. She did. Um, yeah, she was she cleared up, you know, within a couple of days. There were no issues post um, post birth, and I must have bled a little bit because that was the first that was in my first birth. You know, I bled like six hundred mils. I think they said, and they said, "Oh, you're not allowed to have a home birth next time." You know, that's ridiculous. Rah, 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 which, which my midwife this time was like, "No, that's fine. Like, we're just going to yeah. keep an eye on it." It's not like a sudden, you know, it's not going to be a sudden emergency. No. And, and 600 meals is not that much. Like I keep on feeling like this just needs to change that the whole thing. But because 500 meals is like not a lot. And that's where the cutoff is for like, oh, then it's a hemorrhage. Right. But I've had yeah. women have 800, 900 meals be fully fine like you know no no symptoms at all like they're walking around breastfeeding the baby they're fully alert like they don't feel dizzy they don't feel thirsty don't feel unwell 
you know, so it's not about the amount that you bleed really. It's how you handle that. Like for some women, like you, for example, having a bit lower iron potentially can make you a bit more susceptible of feeling dizzy or feeling lightheaded or not being able to cope with a lot of blood loss, but it's not really the amount. It's more about how you handle it, you know? So did you feel unwell with that 600 mils that you lost with the first? Um, I think, I don't think I felt unwell, but I did faint. Mm, but I think okay. thinking back that that was um, more of the circumstances in terms of I had such a long birth yeah, and they, you know, I had this idea that as soon as the baby out, baby's out, then I can rest. Yeah. But as soon as they, you know, they had to pull the placenta out and then they had to stitch me up and it was all yeah. just like, oh my God, I just want to rest. I just want to rest. And then she was like, you need to go to a wee. And so she took me into the shower because we were upstairs and the bathroom was downstairs um, and tried to get me to wee in the shower. And I just fainted. I think I was just like over. I was just like, I just yeah. want to rest now. You were just like right. exhausted. Yeah. Um, so with the yeah, second I, baby, so, did you have a little bit of a bleed, you said? So what was that kind of bleed? For yeah, so second? in the pool, you could see the water turn red. Yeah. But, um, but my midwife was just amazing. She was just, like, so chill. She yeah. was like, it's fine. You know, like, we, it wasn't even a thing. Like, she helped me get out. I actually decided to get out, like, I think, you know, just after she got there. Um, partially because of that reason in my head. I knew, you know, if I'm in warm water, then that's going to make, make me bleed longer. Mm. Um, so she helped me get out and we sit on the couch and um, yeah, and then she got a bowl and helped me, um, yeah, birth the placenta, Finua. Um, yeah, so that was really empowering knowing, you know, because that was one of my goals that I wanted to birth the, the placenta naturally by myself this time. <laughs> Did you squat um, over the bowl or...? Yeah, so I squatted over the bowl off the edge of the couch with my husband holding me up. And it was a big relief, you know. Yeah, it really felt like I could relax then <laughs> and look at my beautiful baby. And the first thing I did was um, have something to eat because I was starving by then. My sister made me some food and some broth and stuff. And then I um, rang my mother because she had, so it was so insistent that she wanted to be there and I would say no you know like you were there at the first birth and it's just this wasn't good I went into all instant like you know with my mother there I'm like it's like the child you know like that's yeah, the role that we've been playing our whole lives yeah and so this time I knew that I had to be in my own you know mother role um so I couldn't have her around um but yeah the first thing I did of course was ring her and yeah, show I just a video called her and showed her the baby. She's like, Oh my god, because they all thought it was gonna be hours, you know. <laughs> yeah. So That's that was really the gloat to my mother. <laughs> I love that. I mean, because this is the thing that yeah, very I think very few people actually benefit from having their mother at the birth, from my experience, right? Um, yeah. you might think in your brain that, well, it's really comforting and mom and she might be really good at practical stuff. And, but it is that like, most of us have that dynamic, right? Where it's not, it's not like two adults always meeting. It's like, you kind of easily reverse, especially if you are a bit vulnerable or something, you know, big is happening that you just, 
it's human nature, you know, it, depends, it doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, 50, 60, like you're still, your mom will still be your mom. Even if you're 60 and she's like, you know, 80 or 90, like she'll be, still boss you around, won't she? Like, it's just that thing, yeah. isn't it? Or like think that she knows better or whatever. And it's from love, but we're so in the birthing round, we're just so susceptible to everyone around us. It's just so important to fully check in, like, will it be a hundred percent supportive? Will I Will I be my power? Can I be fully naked? Can I be raw? Will I, or will I divert into like poor me or victim? Like you know, it's it's so important to have all those conversations and and really look at that before you make that decision. Even though it's lovely in one sense to have your mother there, like, and for some it will be good. Yeah. But my experience, I have seen actually that some women have a really long labor with their mom there, or if they have like mom and I've had one couple like I was looking after and the mom and the partner didn't really go together well, or they had a bit of a beef and that definitely interfered. Like you could feel that tension in the room and, and that woman did go for a really long, long, long labor that I think definitely played into her ten- tensing up and feeling that. So it's all of this is so important, isn't it? The dynamic between who's going to yeah. be there and because you're such, such a highly sensitive being when you're birthing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that this this whole birth for me was um, really benefited from the, by the fact that it was my second birth, you know, and that I'd had this natural birth the first time, but there were definitely these points that I knew that I could do better, that you know, that I would change mm. next time round. Um, yeah, and yeah, it just felt so amazing to pull that off and even though I know it wasn't all me you know like it was the fact that you know all babies choose to come how they how they gonna come to a certain extent but um yeah it was definitely the sort of healing empowering experience that I wanted that's so beautiful and your little uh girl was your other baby was she also there watching you birth yep yeah, and she was amazing, like, the whole way through. She'd been um, participating in all of the, um, you know, listening to birth stories with me and, you know, yeah, she she was really engaged the whole way through the pregnancy, really excited about. And I, I've been telling her her birth story, obviously, a lot. Um, and so, yeah, her job in the birth was the pooper scooper. Yeah. <laughs> so she had a little sim. <laughs> and so that was it and I mean yeah she was very excited by that the tiny pieces of you know <laughs> the water she was scooping up oh that's um, so and, cute and then holding a flannel to my head and you know like um mm-hmm. yeah really supportive and amazing it's so amazing what a gift for her to witness that really beautiful empowering birth of her sibling like what an amazing thing like, that that is what a gift really yeah, yeah, she did amazing. I'm in awe of her. Mm. Um, yeah, this and everything that she does. Because <laughs> she also started school at that time, you know, like my, so my, both my daughters, they were born four days apart. Um, so she, you know, this was her new time starting school for the first time. And she dealt with that and, you know, the birth of her sibling all very easily. Wow, beautiful. What an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, if you had a first-time mama in front of you right now who's about to have her first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, 
what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Um, I've thought a lot about this and I think the main thing that I would say is trust your intuition um, and cultivate that trust during the pregnancy because I think that we are given you know there's nine or ten months to really do a lot of interior work for ourselves and um, I think intuition is like a muscle you know you have to um, practice it and specifically for me it was about um, not having external stresses or inputs in terms of like the tests I didn't I didn't want to have ultrasounds because I knew that that would be someone else's interpretation onto mine and I didn't want that I wanted to listen to my own intuition and to strengthen that muscle um so yeah I would say practice your practice your intuition as much as you can and yeah so that you know that you can trust it Mm, beautiful thank you so much for coming on the podcast Thanks, Anna. Yeah, it's been really great to be able to tell my story. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please consider sharing it. Leave a review or make a contribution on our Patreon page. And if you want to connect on social media, then find the podcast on Instagram as The Natural Birth Podcast. Thank you for listening.